podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! Happy New Year, listeners, and welcome to the first edition of Touchy Gooners this year. It is your boy, SV Carboholic, on hosting duty. Um, we have Lou Bob, who is continuing his transformation into a black man, um, doing Azonto with the locals in Ghana. We have Dr. Lee, who is uh, currently not here. He is saving lives and entering the Forbes top 10 list. Um, Dan Coops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As always, as always, Dan Coops, who's being blammed by nappies left, right and centre currently at the moment. Um, so, yeah, so I'm joined by this this uh, this lovely afternoon, um, the Suya Connoisseur himself and the Hood Solicitor, that is uh, Professor Shabs and also Mr. Bailey's. Mr. Pink Gin, Sushino himself, German Dan. Good well. afternoon, gents. How are you doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, man. Happy I'm New good. Year, people. Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. Well, listeners, yeah, we've been off for a couple of weeks. We we decided to give ourselves a break. Enjoy um, the Christmas festivities, that potato, that bit of jollof. Um, I hope you guys indulged well. Hope you guys had a, had a nice break, but nice time. It's back to the grind. Um, so, yeah. But before we get into it, quick couple house rules. Um, we will be consistent this year, very, very consistent. So if you are a fan of some of the extra content we do, feel free to sign up to Patreon for as little as £3 a month, where we do our post matches. Um, January transfer window is now open. So some scouting pieces, which we will look to do as well. Some youth uh, profiles we will look to do as well. So please do tell a friend to tell a friend. And we'd love to have you on the other side with us. But if you're just here listening to the main pod, we also love you for that as well. Right. Gentlemen, let's get into it. We haven't done a pod in a few weeks. Last time we did a pod, uh, we were a little more uh, buoyant about where we were. Uh, but the Christmas period hasn't been kind to us. Whilst we were eating potatoes and jollof, it seemed like the team were also eating potato and jollof due to some of the performances that they turned in over that Christmas period. So we lost to West Ham at home 2-0. We also lost... 2-1 away to Fulham, uh, which has now left us in fourth position, five points off the top of the table from a position where we were top at Christmas, unfortunately. So um, before I, before we go into any details, I'll just give you uh, both just a quick whiz around the room just to tell me how you're currently feeling from our current predicament at the moment before we go into details. So German Dan, current mood? I'm good. You know, I think I don't like to panic. I think people... Mm -hmm people tend to panic and I, I try not to panic. So you always have to look at the bigger picture. Um, each game, game by game, will give you a bigger, um, give you more of an idea how the bigger picture can look. But, um, you know, there's no reason to panic. Same way there shouldn't be reason to be over enthusiastic over, you know, good results. It's the same way, um, a healthy balance. Yeah. Shabs? 
Same, same. Um, I think the results don't bother me too, 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 too tough. I mean, you win football games, you lose football games. Um, I think for me, performances, you know, but I think those performances are exceptions rather than the, the, the rule of what I've seen, not just this season, but over the last 18 months of of football so generally speaking it's a blip i'm really curious about how the team responds to this blip at the, that moment in time that's my that's my kind of current mood um i am looking forward to the january transfer market but from an overall perspective as well you know i'm looking at like kind of any opportunities that um, arsenal can make which is always going to lift the mood overall and increase the mood, get a bit of buzz, get a bit of excitement around, but also, you know, curb that a little bit with uh, realism in terms of the financial position we're in and, um, you know, what constitutes as good value um, in, you know, in, in a 2024 January transfer market. But overall, I'm I'm all right. The, the mood for me is good. Like, you know, we're still, we're still, you know, we're not out of anything mm. so far. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm Gucci. Yeah, we, we always have to tinge the reaction because, uh, as, as Shabs has alluded to, it's football. You'll win games, you'll lose games. Um, that, that That's normal. I think, obviously, we are in a position, though, where, you know, I think this time last year we had only lost one game. So, midway through the season now, we have lost four. We are currently on pace for around 80 points, which we all know and which we can all admit is, is not going to be enough to win us the league title. Um so, you know, based on the last two performances, I'll come to you, Joe Madame, first. Um, you know, some would say it was a bit leggy. I think the Fulham performance, especially, maybe West Ham was more of a case of, of, of bad finishing. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, with the amount of games you usually have over Christmas, it, it's often a good set of games to maybe set yourself up for the second half of the season. Um, and, and we could have positioned ourselves, especially from where we were um, leading into the second half of the season. So, how do you assess the last two games um, based on what's happened? And and how do you... Um, actually, be, be, before we look further ahead, how, how do you assess the last two games and what do you think the current issues are? Um, so particularly looking at West Ham, where we could say it might have been finishing, we had 30 shots, whereas Fulham, we looked very leggy. Um, so, yeah, where, where are the problems currently lying for you? Um, and, and what do we need to do to address them? Well, I think I think it's good that we're talking about the two games, um, because for me the problems in both games, if you uh, as you already you know so, sort of touched on, are dif- different. So I think we saw a trend um, over the last a bit, at least ten games, where um, the team actually you know was a lot more creative, was a lot more um, attacking um, in in our approach. I think we we, we shortened the distance. Of um, or we 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 uh, minimise the the number of passes that we do before we go into different zones of the pitch. So we we were going more vertical, faster, um, and Udegaard going deeper and helping and facilitating with this helped. Um, and I think we've created plenty of openings, plenty of opportunities in those sort of last five games. I look at the Villa game where I feel like we create ample opportunities. I look at the um, Liverpool game where I think we create good opportunities, but like execution as well then i look at that brighton game where you know we won it 2-0 in the end but you know in terms of a dominant performance that probably was the best performance we've seen all year but we still lacked finishing touch even winning 2-0 
And then we go into that West Ham game, which pretty much started with the same in the same vein as the Brighton game, to be honest. We were completely dominating West Ham. Um, you know, I don't even really recall them getting joy on the counter-attack much. Um, it was, I think, did she one or two moments? Um, and then that that one ball in behind um Ben White's side, um, you know, that's where the goal came from. So it was it was kind of out of nothing. Um, and then we were we continued pushing. I felt like we created plenty. Plenty of opportunities to find an equaliser. I think what people forgetting about this game is we didn't score a single goal and we had five big chances in that game. You know, missed all five big chances in just that game. Um, so that game, you can definitely say, you know, it was on the forwards. They did not do their job that day. They weren't sharp enough. They weren't clinical enough. Um, and then we ended up conceding the second goal. Um, and, you know, when you don't take your chances, um, that makes it extremely difficult to get back. Um and I think we had the, what was that, 2 0 or 1 1, where Jack, Gabby Hezzy's had a huge chance to just kind of bring it back. I think if you don't, if, if you don't score one goal, there's no momentum that you can, you know, buzz off. And I think we'd lack that. If we just scored one goal, maybe we would have got something out of that. Um, and then I feel like the Fulham game was complete in stark contrast to that. I feel like um, that game was extremely slow. Um, again, you know, all players in build up took a lot of touches. Um, Kivio playing, you know, he, he he can't play that role to the standard of Shinchenko. We know that already, but I don't even think he can play to the standard of Tomiyasu right now. Um, he just simply looked um, very, very uncomfortable in that position. Um, and in some way, I'm thinking, should Atata have deployed him in that position or should he have, have found a different tweak? Um, because he just was completely useless in possession and he was also useless out of possession. So, which is why he got hooked, which is, I think, in some way, you definitely can criticize Atta for, for the way Kivio was, you know, used and then also not used in the end in that game. Um, so, I think that game was different. Too many touches, slow progression. Um, we didn't create many openings. Um, I think Fulham had quite a bit of um, joy against us in that game. We looked leggy. We couldn't press. Um, we pressed West Ham really well. So those games are different. I think um, the Fulham game as of right now looks like um, a game that didn't fit the the sort of last five, six, um, the theme of the last five, six games. So that looks like more of an anomaly than um, the West Ham game where I think poor finishing just cost us. So what we now need to really do is, you know, obviously the finishing needs to improve. Um, we, we have this conversation about functionality of the team is the team functioning well um, because people look at the results and say actually the results in December have not been good the, the team is not functioning well whereas I disagreed up until the Fulham game the team was functioning well the forwards weren't doing a job but now we, we're going to see the next game and see you know is that functionality regressing or are we going to get it back I think maybe it was also a fitness issue a lot of these guys look tired Ben White looks tired to me man um even Saka and Martinelli looking tired to me. And and this is where we just need the guys coming um, off the bench, giving us a bit more, um, the fringe players, to be also available, the ESRs, the Fabio Vieiras, the Trossards. You know, it was it was not enough from, from the impactors and the guys on the pitch. And we have to hold that and move on to the next game, really. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, not too much disagreement from me from there. Shabs, I guess... Um, just piggybacking off of Dan's point, um, how much of it for you is it a, a result of, to his point, functionality um, versus, you know, 
overall it, it is it a case of of how it, do you think it's a case of how we're set up or do you think it's, it's mostly been a case of of how we finish because at the point we've lost three gate we lost three games in december which has uh you know turned the momentum a lot for us um in terms of i mean we're still only five points off the table at the off the top so we shouldn't rule ourselves out completely but based on what we've seen and some of the issues we've faced is it just a case of functionality or is it a case of you know tiredness which i do think is is actually a bit a bit of a factor especially with someone like ben white who to the point i i um have actually felt a bit sorry for ben white because i think he's got a lot of abuse from a lot of people but Ben White's pretty much played injured for the last two months and he has to play injured because of the fact that the people who are supposed to be either rotating or taking minutes off him, Tommy Asu, who, who's been injured, and Timber, who got an ACL first game of the season. So um, I, I, I do think him, for example, I, I think we can caveat and, and give him a bit of a leeway considering in his time here, he's been a very, very consistent, very, very good performer overall. So where do you sit? Yeah, I sit on the same side of the of, of the argument as German Dan. I I disagree with the points made about, or the, I disagree with the arguments made about there being an issue with functionality. I think you know this is the same functionality that um, you know beat Man City one nil, and that looked so comprehensive in 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 that game against Man City. Um, this is the same functionality. Albeit some factors are different, but you know, again, it's, it's a quite a, a, a convincing victory against Manchester United earlier um, this season. All right, maybe the, the the level that they're at is nothing to write home about. It's the same functionality that slapped Lawns just a, you know earlier in the month of December six nil. You know, it's a compelling win in the Champions League. It's the same functionality that was so effective, and. Um, you know, did the business against Brighton, who have come to the Emirates a couple of times over the years and turned us over. You know, by 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 no stretch of imagination is that easy game. So I don't. I think yeah, some players are not playing with. Uh, some players are playing with their food, basically. Some players aren't. You know, putting away their chances. Some players are just kind of not. Um, you know, performing at the level that. They need to be performing that and that we expect and we've become accustomed to them performing that. So I think that's an issue. I do think it rolls into the issue around tiredness and fatigue, though. I think the two things are linked. Um, you know, I, I thought, and maybe it was just me, but I thought our game, we were supposed to play Boxing Day um, initially. And I thought that it got moved back. No, it was always scheduled, scheduled for the 28th. Yeah. Okay. I felt like fair enough. It's a Thursday night, and then a Sunday, early Sunday, um, we played. So it's kind of like Europa League um, scheduling that you know we kind of fell into over the Christmas period, really. But I feel like yeah, there was a legginess in the in between that West Ham game and the Fulham game. I think some of these players look tired, and I think where it comes down to it is when you consider options available across the squad. So. You know, by rights, Arteta should be able to rest a player like Jesus. By rights, he should be able to rest a player like Zinchenko. You know, um, a player like Ben White can't do that because, or well, he's not been able to do that. When he's attempted to do it, we've seen what's happened. Um, you know, the players that have come in to replace or stand in or deputise for these guys, you know, they haven't been optimised. 
they haven't fulfilled the same function within the team. So, you know, that's an, that's a bit of an issue for me. Um, but again, Arteta's got to take responsibility for that overall because he's decided how his squad has been um, constructed, you know. So, you know, these are his picks. He's decided who has stayed and who has left over the period of time that he's been here, ultimately. So if, you know, we're looking at the um, depth and the quality on the bench and saying, oh, it's not good enough, it's not strong enough, why is it not strong enough? Why is it not, you know, why is it not okay enough to be able to come in and perform to a decent level against Fulham? Who are also playing well, I don't want to take that away from them, but but why not? You know, and then there's a broader question for me about how and when Arteta uses these players, you know, as deputies. And, you know, you have spells and games where these players don't make appearances at all. And then we have periods where we actually need them, um, you know, to make an appearance. And they just look short of match fitness sometimes. They look short of match sharpness other times. Um, they just look like they've not really gelled and fused or been well integrated into, into the team. Um, so I think there are application issues you know, from some of the players, but also overall from the coach. But that that's kind of the way that I look at it. And that's where I sit on the side of the argument right now. That's an interesting point. And, and I want to segue into that, um, German. How, how much culpability do you think the manager has? Now, there's been a lot of discourse online for the last few days. People saying, obviously, he's been here four years. He spent over 600 mil now. You know, if you're not happy with the squad or if the squad isn't in a place where you think it should be, you got to hold that because the squad's been built in your image how you wanted it to be built, you know. So to your point, for example, he's asked Kivio to come in and perform a role that Zinchenko does. But obviously, naturally, he's not someone who can operate as a left-back and as a as a midfielder at the same time, right? So is, is there a point people have that he should be a bit more flexible, that, you know, that the model that he has for plan A, um, if certain individuals are unavailable, that... Um, he should adapt or should he continue doing that? And it's up to the, the other players that he's brought to be able to adapt into there. I guess one of the caveats is, you know, I don't think Kivio was brought to be a left back. You know, that was, you know, from what we saw in pre-season with Timber being used there as well, especially at the start of the season, um, Tom Yasu as well. So I guess how much culpability does he have, you know, as, for, from where we are, should he be able to extract more, especially with some of the squad players? Or is it a case of we still need some more? Because obviously we've seen that, you know, with guys like Martinelli and Saka, for example, we can never change it. We, we literally can never change it because, or when we do change it, it's with a different profile when, you know, a lot of our game model is trying to have our wingers high and wide to stretch the pitch so we can open up some space centrally. Um, so I guess, where do you sit on this generally? I think context is always important, but so the context I would provide on this, I would basically say, right, you know, you, you as you already said, we have signed someone that is supposed to be be able to do it both sides. So Timba was, you know, supposed to be able to do it on both sides. We've been unlucky and unfortunate with that injury. <clears throat> this is the set game model that we have, and there are variations and different layers and different applications within this model. But ultimately, you know, you're looking at a team of eleven players, and one guy is coming in because you know a couple of men are injured. We're not changing everything around for this one guy. That's how people should look at it, in my opinion. And fundamentally, Kivya has been signed as a, a competent footballer. So asking him to do things that are slightly out of his comfort zone is not too much to ask. 
Um, and actually, that's what a lot of coaches do in order to develop players, you know, you know, get players in different zones or get players to improve on certain aspects that they're, that they're probably not natural or familiar with. So it's not a, it's not a bad thing. You know, the performance from him was bad. Um, you know, trying him there, you know, a couple of times, it's not bad. Unless there's a complete car crash, like trying Nuno Tavares there, I would be like, yeah, you can't do that. That's Kivius played, you know, CDM. Uh, and Serie A, he's supposed to be natural in some of these um, central spaces. So I don't think, I think, I think what what happened, what's happening right now is because people are, the stakes are way higher. People are anxious. People are, um, you know, I think latching onto a lot of things that, um, and I think are kind of normal to try and, and you know, you know, you know, you know, look experience to like be very strong in the criticism. Um, so, you know, I think each to their own, but I think for me, I, I would exercise more patience than before. Um, I have previously been that out, you know, very, very early on in the stint when I was thinking that I think it was about two years ago, this time two years, maybe it was longer, even three years maybe, but we just had a very poor, you know, spell and I didn't see how he could turn it around. But, you know, why I look at it now is he has a, we have a complete sort of different sample size for what he is capable of doing with the team when the team is going well or you know where we can get to so i have more faith in the manager than i had three years ago now so that is going to give him more more time and more leverage from my from my side really than before whereas i had less for him so to apply you know the same criticisms that people did like three years ago and basically saying oh yeah he's doing this he's doing that you know, first of all, the results are in, in, in definitely better than during that period. Second, you know, has the manager not proven to you that he's capable of finding solutions for some of these problems and also proven that he can um, help the team compete um, in the league um, and get Champions League football? So that, that's that's why I think people are kind of lacking the context. I think people are using the same criticism that they did when we were finishing like sixth and eighth and stuff. It's not the same. The stakes are higher, but you're also your your tolerance should be probably a bit higher because of that. Because you know, I know the margins are smaller and it's like more, you know, the mistakes are gonna cost us more. But you know, if we are shouting with the same vim that we did when we were eighth, when we are third or fourth, it just doesn't make any sense. Just you know, what I mean, that's that's why I feel like some of the criticism is a bit overboard. And with the concept, and every every team is experiencing issues in that team because everyone's getting injured there's too many too many games for for players to play so it's not going to be a, a, a you know what you call ideal situation i think at any point this season we can get closer to that and we're also missing some key pieces for that so you know we didn't lose because of kibia or Arteta playing kibia left back um we lost because of other issues as well there's there's a multitude of issues so Right, and, and and that point on the multitude of issues is something I want to touch on now. Um, Shabs, before Christmas, me and German, we did a pod where we were analysing the differences, basically, in what Arteta chose to do um, stylistically with Xhaka and Party compared to, to Rice and Havertz. Now, obviously, this has come on again, you know, for the first time since he's joined, there, there's been a few, you know, I, I, do you know, what? I wouldn't even say mumblings because people had these concerns before he signed anyway, around... Um, ball progression issues with Declan Rice, right? Um, and this is obviously multiplied by Havertz, who, who's obviously, who's been signed by Arteta, who's not really 
involved in build-up at all. You know, almost in possession, he's he's almost a second striker. So, you know, there's been a lot of talk about it uh, and and how things have how things have changed. Um, so, I want to know how do you feel um, about the comparisons with Rice as a six compared to with Party as a six? What are the drawbacks? Um, but again, some people would say that there's a bit of a plan that we haven't seen yet because I think Rice, Havertz are interlinked, but Timber was also probably interlinked as a sign in here. So do you think that has partly affected the plan and, and how do you see that looking potentially once we get Timber back, if at all? So um, on Rice as a six and then how we mitigate against this and, and does Timber have a, a an, an important role to play going forward here as well? I mean, you hit the nail on the head because the plan's been massively disrupted if you think about the injury. You know, having a very clear plan in place. And for me, it was a clear plan if you look at what Arteta was trying to do in um, pre-season with Timber and with, um, you know, his placement and positioning of of Timber, Havertz, etc. It was all for for purpose. Timber wasn't really used... um, as an outside left or a left back when he played for Ajax. We know, like, you know, he's come up through the Ajax Academy, um, you know, played centre-back, very accomplished centre-back, played right-back, um, maybe played, um, you know, left-sided centre-back in a back four at times, but not really, you know, I can't really recall him being utilised too many times as a left-back or, you know, outside left as part of a back three. So for me, it was very clear. He's trying something here. You know, he's trying something, Ken. He used him there against Man City. Worked. He used him there against um, um, Nottingham Forest, you know, to, to kind of start the game. And, you know, there was all of this stuff about um, um, Partey being used right back, about Gabriel being dropped, about all of, you know, well, why is Gabriel not being used, all of that. For me, it was very intentional in terms of, uh, not that I could see the plan or the final product, but it was very clear. This guy has a plan in his mind about what he wants to do and how he wants to use um, his players. Because of the injury, we've not seen the timber bit, you know. So that changes the way that, um, you know, Arteta's plan for the build-up or plan for a varied build-up, you know, takes place, firstly. And then the second part of that is the injury, which is quite a, it's proved to be quite a significant injury and very costly to um, Partey. You know, because for me, the key progressors in the side, um, you know, especially in the first phase, have been Zinchenko and Partey. And we've seen, you know, we're superior. You know, very few teams can kind of come close to us. Very few teams can rival us in terms of the way we build up when we've got those two players on the pitch. Um, Given that we've had Partey, um, who's been missing for such a long time, we have had to adapt. And I'm not sure if it was part of Arteta's plan to have Rice as a six from the outset. You know, for me, the way it looked, especially in the big games, especially away from home, um, what we saw at the start of the season, for me, the plan was that these two were going to play together. You know, not being able to materialise it for reasons. And yet it has has had an impact on us, you know, and we've seen... There are, um, you know, for all of the things, Rice is a fantastic signing. I think people are being quite hard on Rice now. And I think it, it's just, 
it's, it's, it's interesting. We lose two games and all of a sudden, this guy who's undoubtedly been, you know, a signing, if not the signing of the season in the Premier League, all of a sudden, now, so let's talk about all of these deficiencies with Rice. None of these things are new. None of these things are new. You know, we, we, we actually knew who Rice was before we signed him. You know, we kind of anticipated that, you know, he's not going to be able to play as a single pivot in the same way that Thomas Partey does. For me, he, um, you know, some of the challenges are that, you know, he cannot receive the ball in the six and long pivot on the half turn. Um, he has to drop into the line to receive the ball. Um, you know, he has to find space in the second line where he's, you know, vacant in order to receive the ball. Um, he's more comfortable uh, receiving the ball when he's facing play, you know, when he's square, you know, um, than he is when he's receiving the ball. And actually, um, you know, if passes come into him with his back facing plays, usually a wall pass and a reset. And, you know, he has to find a better position. Um, I think in possession as well, he he can play. It's not that he cannot play through the lines. We've seen him play passes through the lines. It's about the level of, it's about how consistent he applies that as an action. And can he do that enough when the team requires him to do it enough? And that's what we've not seen enough. You know, um, he's a he's a top level footballer, very top level footballer, um, probably underrated a bit, you know, before we signed him. And I think the big money signing has kind of, um, you know, allowed him to get the spotlight where people are really scrutinising his game. But mostly the feedback, the criticisms have been positive. Oh, these are things that he does well. There are a few things that he's not done as well. And, you know, part of that is um, moving the ball quick enough as well. So, you know, can he, can he, I was watching it. It's funny, Sean, because you um, responded to someone's tweet and it was um, clips of Partey um, against Fulham from I think a season ago I think it was a tweet earlier today or yesterday I can't remember but his clips of Partey I was just watching Partey playing it and I'm seeing the exchanges one touch passes and you know he just he could receive the ball back to goal he could receive on the half turn he could receive and carry the ball out and dribble and pass it um he could do a multitude of things when he was receiving the ball but he could move it quick and he knew when with Rice we've not seen that sharpness of of, of 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 passing of playing um maybe of decision making i don't know we've not seen that with him so i think it does hamper how we are able to um to to, to play and you know we're not able to um progress play in the same way we're not able to disturb or disrupt the opposition shape quick enough or in that same way as well so there are ways that it hampers us and i think that ultimately um, that's where we've seen a bit of a suffering with some of our wide players um, this season. The Martinelli's, for example, um, the Sackers, for example, where they're used to, you know, they're always on their tiptoes looking for that ball to be played in and behind. It's not happening in that same way when Rice is on the ball as it would when Partey is on the ball. We've seen that negated a little bit when Erdegaard's been asked to drop deep. And I've been talking about this for a little while now, referring to Erdegaard as a bit of a situational pivot. Um, and we've seen him do it more and more um, to great effect as well. And that's worked. But that, for me, doesn't... It then takes something away from Erdegaard in terms of his effectiveness. And if that's going to be the case, then the way that Havertz needs to be used in terms of not being involved in the play 
but being potent and being more threatening um, in that forward line. We need to see more in that sense, if that's going to be the case, if we're going to ask for something of Erdegaard. Um, you know, and I'm a supporter of Havertz, but we haven't seen that either, you know, in that in 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 terms of being threatening enough on a more consistent, on a more regular basis. So um yeah, there, 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 there are factors for me which kind of hinder the way in which we want to the way in which I see us being able to play our best football in terms of progressing the football and being more threatening and just We've got lots of control, but it's slow, it's steady, it's 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 what, and that works in certain situations, but it, it doesn't work all the time against every opposition. So, where's the variety going to come from? Where's the variation? German, yeah, yeah. anything to add on top of yeah, that? Yeah, I think I think Chapman has a lot of good points. I think what we also have to add to that is that you know the vice vice party discussion. Um, I think you know we we knew before we signed, as Shab said. It's not, it's not, I'm not new to this. And I think what people are also completely, um, you know, misunderstanding is the difference between the progressive pass, you know, and the line breaking pass. You know, they're just kind of like merging all together. And it's, it's not the same. You know, what counts as a progressive pass is not necessarily a pass that, um, you know, finds, you know, it's, it's not captured well in the stats. Like you see 20 progressive passes, you know, where did that pass go? You know, how many opponents did that pass take out of the game where did that pass in which zone of the field in which threatening position what's the threat on the pass that you're creating you know so it doesn't really capture any of that it's just a general stat that you're reading and people are like yeah he's given 20 progressive passes bro where the fuck did these passes go and i, I said you know progressive passes i'm not really concerned about that advice because he does play forward he does play forward um he doesn't break lines with the same regularity consistency as party and he doesn't, um, he's more risk averse. That's his characteristic. Um, and I think people are making a big coup hard, this line break and the progress. That's not the biggest issue that Rice has, in my opinion. His biggest issue is as Shabs, what Shabs describes as some of the receives that he that he does, because you know you need the game to be a bit slower to 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 exercise the receives that he does. So you don't really play it from the center backs, maybe into the midfield. He comes and collects it more so than Partey did. And then there's also the amount of touches he takes on the ball. So I think he takes too many, not even to set himself, just to slow the play down so it's set. But sometimes you need, I say sometimes, I think he needs a higher operation speed. It needs to be a lot more automatic. So um, that's that's really the, the criticism that I've got of him. Other than that, I think, you know, it's passing. We knew what we are going to get. And I think it's now people that have not rated Rice and basically said, yeah, he can't pay forward in X, Y and Z are trying to do confirmation by saying your problem is that, yeah, he's not passing forward. But that's not been, not been a problem in the West Ham way. And that's not why we lost to West Ham. Fulham was a bad performance overall, but the, the reason we lost to West Ham is not because Rice didn't play forward enough. Mm. Does he play forward with the same regularity as party? Hell no. How many players in football do that? How many players in world football can you honestly say play through the lines and to the zones that party um, plays it into as well with the threat that his passing creates? do that there's not many i would i would Serie i was bundesliga i was Liga, i watch all the big for um four leagues i don't really watch league earned anymore but there's not many that do that do that to be really honest so um and there's also something about the the, the you know the pressure when you know party will get the ball on the turn evade a man then the space is already bigger it's, it's a different proposition so i think mm. a lot of the criticism on rice 
has been unfair, um, especially with regards to his passing. You know, why are you trying mm. to um, compare someone that is a good passer to someone that is an excellent passer? It's like if mm. you, it's like me. Like I'm gonna say, yeah, actually, you know, I'm I'm even gonna think about like the most random player, um, like. I don't know who who who's trying to create like someone like Buendia, yeah. And I'm like, his final pass is shit. And I'm like, what? And people are like, no, I think it's decent. I'm like, no. If he compares passing to Uzo's final pass, it is absolutely shit. It's like you you creating you're trying to create a super big discrepancy between yeah between, between the topics to make your point. His passing as a general is good. Um, his forward passing is also good. It's not exceptional. It won't be exceptional. I don't think so. What he can improve is less touches and the book the areas that he receives the ball in that's for him to do i think other issues are also that you know the games that we actually played well in and created quite a lot zinchenko was alive or he's played or he played well he's not been good this season for a large part of it defensively we already know what it, what he doesn't do i'm a big fan of the player everyone knows that but even in this progression he's he's been hesitant in the fulham game and um, not fulham game in the villa game i remember there were three or four occasions people don't clip this up but when it's rice they will clip up Three or four occasions where Zinchenko has not played the pass to Habits. Zinchenko has not played the pass to Martinelli. So I think he in this application has also not been good, which is then compounding the progression, the slower progression that we have already. He's the one now that's supposed to speed up. Do you know what I mean? So he, it's actually more responsibility with him, in my opinion. Um, and we're struggling with that. And then I think it compounds it. And I think people are, I think there's a lot of disingenuous analysis being being made. Um, I think, you know, not to call anyone out, but also the functionality point, I think it's not correct. If you're looking at the last 10 games, the team is creating a good functionality outside of one result, you know, one game. So I think I think everyone is so on edge that they are, you know, looking for points to criticise and they, they want the football back from last year, you know, and the football back from last year is not going to come. Havertz is a big issue with that as well. Uh, I'm quite objective on them. He is not involved in build-up. I think this signing was made with, as you already said, Timber in mind on, and Jenchenko playing there, helping progressing, party being available. You know, these three, Jenchenko, Timber and party are the three best progressors that we have. You know, two of them have not been available at all and one has been very inconsistent. So then you're looking at a guy that doesn't actually do much progression. The role that we you know, assigned to him doesn't make him do much progression. Otherwise, I would take him out of the team, in my opinion. So uh, there, there is definitely some in the system. There are definitely some, some. It's not gelling very nicely. Not like last year. That's why the football is not as amazing. Um, but I think we're we're doing too much. Um, and we I think what what we're also doing is I think it puts pressure on the team when you every result is like oh oh like you know it puts pressure on the team, and you can tell. I think in the Fulham game, I could tell the players were. You know, the way they, they played, I felt like they know this is bad, bad, We're losing two in a row because they know the reaction off, off the back of this. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and I just uh, I just wanted to add um, to that as well because the points that, Dan, you've made about progressive passes are, are particularly pertinent, you know. Um, you know, I, t- I touched on it, Sean. I know you spoke about it as well. Um, you know, it's no coincidence that we see players further back, um, you know, with a higher degree of progressive passes because, you know, their starting posi- position on the field is relative to that. And the deeper you are, I think they count progressive passes in an interesting way because the deeper you are 
down the pitch, the 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 the, the less the yardage required to qualify for a progressive pass. So if you're in your, you know, deep in your own half, it's 20 yards or 30 yards even. Whereas, you know, if you're in the opposition half, a 10-yard pass, you know, but you know, a diag can count as a progressive pass as well. So yeah, it's got nothing to do with being able to take players out of the game. Really, it's nothing to do with like, you know, I have a needle through balls. It's it's about, you know, where your starting position is and where the recipient's position is, you know, in terms of where the ball ends up. Um, so that's that. Um, the other thing is that with with, with Rice, and again, th- these are not criticisms of Rice. Again, like, you know, I just want, I want people to understand and be really clear. But because of the way that we play with such a degree of control, we, you know, we, we see these game situations, these game states a lot where we've got teams pinned back in. And we're on the edge of their box, just passing the ball around and looking for opening. And Rice is often exchange, or often involved in exchanges where he's receiving the ball and there'll be some movement and rotation, sometimes from Ben White, um, usually Erdegaard and Saka, Jesus, sometimes we're all, all in that kind of right half space towards that right flank, you know, um, and then we move the ball around and it resets. For me, it's just a bit of a speeding up from Rice per se in those positions because I think he receives the ball in those positions a lot and again particularly against West Ham I saw opportunities where maybe again he could have played it quicker and maybe again it's intentional you know and it's an instruction and it's about him being risk averse in his character his personality or maybe Arteta is saying you know this is very intentional to wear them down and to draw them out or or whatnot Um, in which case if it is an instruction ignore me I know nothing about what I'm talking about, but my preference from a player in that position would be to move it quicker. That's what destabilizes. That's what unsettles. That's what we've seen some of the best teams be able to do to really good effect and make it work for us. What's frustrating is when we're on the edge of boxes and moving it really slow and then the play breaks down. And so nothing's really come from that positional territorial advantage that, you know, that, I can find quite frustrating. So um for me, these are nice to haves, but for me, Declan Rice is, you know, is 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 a fantastic footballer. I'm I'm still I think, you know, a lot of the stuff seems reactionary and a bit over the top as well, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, and no, do you know what the thing is as well? I, I, I feel like people are purposefully leaving out the context of some of the guys that are missing and stuff. So, you know, they the, you know the conclusion you come to. You know not ta- you're not taking certain things into consideration, which is absolutely fine. That's that's football discourse for a lot. Of, you know on a lot of topics, and, and I like to engage into um into like disingenuous and generous as well. So, what I think with it are uh, times online. It's like if people want to get their point off, you know, I just look at it and I wait six months. I might come back, you know, and ask you. Do you feel still think the same? I don't have to argue with people about it. Do you know what I mean, I, I'm coming on podcast. I speak to him in the group chat, but I feel like you know some of you guys, man, don't get rattled by the ops just because they're tweeting some shit, man. Just relax, man. Just relax. Well, I, 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 I don't, I don't engage. I, I leave it. And uh, yeah, you do. I'm just talking Arsenal fans in general because I'm seeing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think. Yeah. I, but the thing is, Arsenal fans are quite. We're quite. To be fair, most fans are very reactionary. I, 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 I don't think we can expect anything different. Like. 
Uh, but I even just tweeted like a couple hours ago. I was like, we we need to Arsenal fans need to chill, man. Like we do this <laughs> thing when we win, we're the best team in the world. When we lose, we're we're fighting relegation. I'm like, you, the answer is somewhere always in the middle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we're a good team, but we have some flaws and some chinks in the armor which we need to work around and which we need which we need to try and solve. Um, so. But you guys need to remember where we were a couple of years ago as well, man. So just be humble and chill at the same time. Do you know that's, what I mean? Do you know, that's what I'm actually saying to people. People, I was saying, when is the last time you remember Arsenal back-to-back -back title fights? Back-to-back title, yeah. Title challenge. Yeah, we were, you've got to remember, we were losing these games two, three, four years ago in seventh. Hey, Brother, we, we were playing Torreira at 10 a couple years ago. So, yeah, yeah exactly. people, people need to just, just chill. Like, don't get me yeah. wrong. There's there's things that we need to work out in the we team. We all want to is, win, but relax. It is, it's not that bad, man. Like, legit, yeah. it's, it's not that bad. Even before these two defeats, you, man, were doing the most, saying, bring right. me Inter Milan, bring me PSG in the Champions League. You see? And now, all of a sudden, you're saying that you don't want to play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, that man was talking about, yeah, I don't mind if we get PSG, you know. Yeah, yeah, Shut you up, man. Get up, man. Yeah, yeah, Arsenal yeah, fans always man. talking too much. And then yeah, it's some relax, of us that have to carry the heat after you've been doing too much chat, chat. Shut yeah. your mouth. Oh, Lord, yeah. Right. No, for real. For real. They go When they, when it's on, those same fans yeah. go into hiding. And then it's yeah. like, oh, we, we get banded with the same, but oh, you Arsenal, man, you Arsenal, man, you man, chat shit. And it's like, Please. no, we're fighting, we're fighting battles that we didn't start, but like. it is man, Red Army. You, you put us in conversations I didn't ask to be put in. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, right. The, the that's why people... I always say name names. Sorry, bro. Yeah. But that's why, that's my thing that I brought that to the group chat and I seen that travel. I said, who? Name names. Yeah. Say who said what. Like, don't bandy us all with the same brush. Like, call it out. It's very, very true. Um, and right, on that note, people love Touchy Kuna's pain because we've had over 30 listeners' questions. So obviously, ah! not, yeah, yeah, people are people are crazy. I'm not going I, to I, answer. I, 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 know, I know that bitch ass this in there somewhere, man. Oh, of course, of course, he's there. Scripto's there. There's 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 loads of people in there. Um, some of them I'm gonna group together because some of them are asking similar questions. So even like Dr. Lee has asked the people um doing too much uh, people going over the top we've said yes same with Kofi at Bawama Enoch who's asked similar people need to relax with the takes whatever whatever um we do have problems yep yep I'm not going to answer that um all right uh I'll ask this one though El Diamante at I don't know how to pronounce this but he says we clearly need reinforcements on the wings to give Martinelli and Saka a rest I think we've spoken about this this is definitely a valid concern and a valid criticism what type of profile do you think we need Inside forward or touchline hugging speed demon. I just need, I'll go first, and uh, I need a wide man who can cook man 1v1 individually, who can get stuff cracking, who doesn't need an overlapping fullback, who doesn't need his striker to create space for him. Just give it to him and let man cook. Do you know what I mean? So because our dynamic is so reliant on the wingers breaking open the game for us, we need guys who can cook 1v1. So, um to one, yeah, like you said, reduce the reliability on Martinelli and Saka, but two, also to continue the same profile because, and, and this is, I think, for me, a valid criticism of Arteta and Edu because we evidently wanted Mikhailo Mudrik in January last summer. Cool, we couldn't get him. Chelsea came and blammed us out of the water. However, the deviation to Trossard is something that I was upset about at the time and I'm still very upset about now. So cool, you didn't, we didn't get him, whatever, whatever, but you don't have to deviate from that. Trust Mudrick to Trossard is a very big deviation. Do you know what I mean? So it's cool we didn't get Mudrick, but he, there are loads of other players in the world football who have a similar profile 
whether good or not, to, to Mudrick. So that's kind of what annoyed me. So I would like a speed demon who can create for himself, who can play left or right. I don't watch enough football to, to give you names uh, anymore. But, you know, something along the lines of a Pedro Neto, I think, which we all like, which we've all been quite consistent within our chats and I'm sure generally. So, yeah, something along those lines. But thoughts, guys? No, me and me and me and German Dan can give you names. I'm I sure. Names. I can give us names. I'm, I'm sure of it. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree with you on the profile. Um, completely agree. I think that's exactly what's needed. Doesn't have to be someone who can start games, but uh, it doesn't have to be someone who needs to start every game. But it needs to be someone who can push these guys and give these guys a run for their money. And when they are, um, you know, brought on off the bench, they can impact games and cause headache man. I like I like those explosive wingers who just can just um give man absolute steps. I like the profiles that we've been linked with. Noosa, we've been talking about Noosa since the summer. Um yeah, like you know him. there was a little bit of a actually let's wait for him just to see because he's still very young. He's 18 years old mm-hmm. currently. Um but you know this guy's making first team appearances for his national okay. team. And so, also, sorry, Shabs, the, the thing mm-hmm. is with me, firstly, it doesn't even need to be an expensive signing. I don't, it doesn't oh. need to be. It just needs to be a profile that fits what we do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And someone that you can rely upon because evidently, Reese Nelson is someone you could use that you're not intent on using. So cool. If you don't want to use him, fine. Sell him and then get in someone that you do want to use. Do you know what I mean? So no problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, he, he, Noosa works well for me, but um, also, um, Osman, the other youth that we've been linked with, works well for me. Um, again, like very young Ghanaian. I'm not sure if he's been called up. So actually, if he was called up and he's going away with Afcon, that 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 wouldn't work because it would mean yeah for the remainder of the season, sure, fantastic. But it means that you know he's going to be missing for a couple of games in January, early Feb. Um, but I don't know if he's been called up. There's that other Ghanaian youth, Ernest Nuama. I like him. I like the look. I like the feel. I like the profile of that of 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 him as a player in terms of what he can do. Um, you know, he's one that I'll be keeping my eye on to see how he um, plays and progresses. And um, I'm not going to lie to you. I like that Somerville youth that plays for Leeds. I like him. I think like when he was in the Prem, he was actually doing a couple bits and pieces. We, we you know, we can have conversations about the level. Um, you know, whether he's at the required level or not. For me, if he's an understudy, what does the required level need to be? That's prem proven the required level as an understudy, because you know, we've got like Reese Nelson's again, who's not being used. What level is Reese Nelson if he detaches himself from Arsenal? So yeah, there you know, they're, there's that for me. But these are some of the names out there at the moment. And I could go on, but these are just a few headliners that I'd I'd be open to. And I don't think need to cost the arm and and a leg. That's not what January is for, for me. Yeah. Anything to add, German, or go to the next one? All right, cool. Um, There's some quick ones, which I'll just, which I'll do, because don't need to spend long on them. Tibbs at Tibbs11, he says, why is there never anyone to back the beef when we're getting bland on the main pod? Um, But on a serious level, is it a trophy or bust for Mikel? And everyone is screaming, striker, striker, is that all we need? Uh, no, striker's not all we need. Is it trophy or bust for Mikel? No, I don't think so, dependent on how we fail. Uh, and why is there anyone ever to back? Brad, listen, life is busy, you know. Life starts laughing a lot of the time. But 
to the point i haven't been on in a while so i will probably be the next person from tg that will go in the main pod and back the yeah, beef yeah, no I problem think, i think when people people don't, when we win we're also not always on yeah you know? yeah so like, oh yeah the tg man on yeah we're not on every week um you know i live out not in the stick sticks but i live i don't live in london i live slightly outside yeah. none of us live in london by the way sharon is very busy um you know all these all these all us all of us work you know so we, we don't always make it in on the on a Sunday to the studio, but we should try more often. But yeah, yeah. We don't run on hide. We've been here when we were eighth. Like, yeah, I, I like that. That is that is very key. If there's one thing you accuse Discord when we were eight. If cousin. there's one thing you can never accuse Tachigunas of is that we run. We don't run. We're not, believe me, we, we, we were here when we were suffering, bro. Wow. So now we're here debating when we're challenging, we're we're still here. So don't worry about yeah. that. And the, um, and the thing is, yeah. We catch a lot of these manners, well, it's because it's not captured on the pod, yeah, for the world to see. But don't worry, we a lot of men get pulled up, a lot of men get checked. It's just like the the, the way it happens, everyone can't appreciate it. But yeah. things don't slide. Like you heard, you heard Sushino talking about bookmarking six months later. He'll pull up on you when he we'll pulls up. That's it. He's with a she's. He's got a shooter in the passenger <laughs> seat. That's it. And when that's, they need. Yeah, when they need acquittals, alibis, all that legal stuff dealt with, they call me. Yeah. <laughs> I deal with it. <laughs> we, see, we see, we see, we see everything. Don't worry, don't worry. Life, don't worry. life is a humbler. So yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So we see everything. Um, Bog4n underscore n5 says, "Are we in a position now where we should settle for any?" where we should settle for any player acquisition that isn't our first choice. For example, to revive our title challenge, we may be tempted to buy a striker, but if we can't get that one we want, is it better to buy no one or compromise and fill a squad spot? Good question. Um, I feel, for example, striker, whoever it might be, you might not be able to get that person in jam, so you might wait on that one. But for example, a winger, there's loads of wingers out there. I think a winger you can definitely go and get in jam. Um, a defender you can definitely go and get in jam. So depending on what the position is, striker, I'd be happy to wait and sit on that because I don't want to just buy anybody. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I hear that. Yeah. Uh, I think, right. Sorry, just quickly. It also depends on the impact. Like if, if going out and making that acquisition now is going to have a knock-on effect, um, mm -hmm. you know, which is what I think it done in the case of a Trossard. Mm -hmm. Because what it means is that if we get the wrong profile, then yeah. we have to wait for a longer time, much longer time to, you know, yeah. bring in and fulfill the right profile. So I don't and, mind and, it. And and and, right. and it, funnily enough, he said that in his follow-up, which we're saying, it feels like we bought some players that have already expired within the squad, pretty much alluding yeah. to Trossard and Jorginho. You know, they were Jorginho. both signed a year ago, but it kind of feels like the squad's already moved past them and we need to yeah. get them out now. And unfortunately, they're both older players who sit on wages and, you know, non-homegrown spots as well that... We need to get out so yeah it, it might sometimes it's not even just the case of you want the guy you have to create squad space uh in the squad by moving out certain individuals so yeah good point i don't disagree too much on that uh wakanda at kita kitara adong yeah yeah bro people are crazy with their names bro <laughs> <laughs> he says i know the ops are loving it but is it it's all about one question the last two maybe even four games do you think it, this shows how much we need a gunman up front yeah no one's disagreeing with you bro no, we no need one. a striker no one will disagree with you on that uh rajang at jin nugar 95 says happy new year to the tg community our fans okay it's a question we've already answered people doing too much yep yep they're doing too much yeah um, yeah uh 
random Spurs up from the lane, the Kitchen King four. If Spurs finish above Arsenal, does Arteta get sacked? My brother, we will spin the block on that in six months' time. So just just sit tight, enjoy what Big Angie's doing at the moment. He's doing a good job, but stay you stay know, calm. You know the thing is, yeah, this is typical Spurs fan. You know, yeah. basing their success off what Arsenal do, brother. Yeah, just yeah. do your own thing, yeah, bro. Yeah. Do, do your own thing. Your own do your own thing. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spurs, 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 Spurs fans, Spurs fans love to compare themselves to Arsenal. It's always yeah. been that way, but. It is what it is. When you, haven't won a trophy, like when you haven't won a trophy in so long, I guess, you know, you, you start looking for, for joy elsewhere. Um, at Man United fan, at 8 Flabs, uh, he's very obvious on Twitter. He says, um, ask for our thoughts on the tweet from BT, which says, Arsenal have committed more errors leading to opposition goals than any other team in the Premier League. 11 um, thoughts. Yeah, that is, I'd probably wager half of them are from our goalkeepers. Um, and then... The other bits are yeah, we 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 have a bozo gene. Uh, I I and I don't even know what to say to that because we were crap, we had a bozo gene, we're good, we still have a bozo gene. Some of it might be down to the fact we're still a young team, so we're still maturing. So some of these are just natural things, hopefully that will um you know uh yeah, which we'll sort out over time. So so we'll see. Um yeah. Uh uh I'll I'll quickly give this to you guys as I just quickly go and get something. Uh, Morpheus Z says, can we start an inquest on Edu Gaspar? How have Arsenal gone from a club notorious for selling their best assets to a club that is hoarding low-value players? How did Edu miss the opportunity to make profit from the sales of ERSR, Nelson or Eddie and reinvest in the squad? you you got to ask the question, is it... you got to ask the question, is it Edu missing the opportunity? Is the coach saying, actually, I want to hold on to some of these guys, you know? Um, if a market's there for a player, market's there for a player. If the coach is saying, oh, actually, I've got a use for this player, I don't want this guy to go, then, you know, what What, what do you want Eddie to do? Now, I'm not defending him. I don't know. I don't know in certain terms that that's the case. But I'm putting that out there just to say, boy, like, we, we, we like, yeah, Eddie has a very clear role. But. What do you attribute to him and what do you attribute to the coach? Like, I don't know. I think that's 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 really hard to say. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what I will say on the ESR uh, Nelson Eddie stuff, they're English, those guys probably more than anyone hold value. Um, so we could, and you know, we've seen that there's been links with Nelson at that because one thing we've seen, we have struggled to sell, and I think that is a fair criticism of Arsenal generally. But if anything, it's the ones that do sell well have always been the English ones, you know. Willock went to Newcastle for 25 M's. Ox was like 35, 40 M's. Iwobi was similar as well, right? So I'd expect us to generate a decent return if we were to sell ESR, Nelson and Eddie too um, on that point. Uh, my friend Robin, Ribs Delicious, he's, a, he's another panicker. Is the, Bro, is he's... Last, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is last summer turning out to be our worst summer ever? Big man, relax. It's okay. <laughs> relax, it's, man. It's, 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 it's not that deep. It's, it's okay. Um, we have Count Draxila. He says, <laughs> I really this dislike... Brother, hey, I swear this, this is a Ghanaian and uh, English rag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this brother asks me about every damn... Yeah, yeah. Bro! That, that, don't worry, brother. You, you, you got your own coming. People have asked you in the comments, bro. Um, Count Dracula says, I, I really dislike the petification of Arsenal. I don't like inverted fullbacks. I don't like false nines. And I don't like number 10s as interiors. When will Arteta learn that some profiles are too important not to have e.g. traditional eights and overlapping fullbacks? This is a philo philo philosophy question, 
Like if my if my man prefers inverted to overlapping, like what, what, do you know what I mean? And is it papification? I think Pap is not the only one that's doing it. And he's mm. not he's not the first one to do it as well. Yeah. Others have um, been doing it for years. And, and, and also, yeah. People need to remember some of the stuff you've even mentioned. Pep wasn't even the first person to do some of these things. Like I always remember, like for example, when people spoke about Messi Force Nine. I used to see Francesco Totti play Force Nine for Roma way before that. Do you know what I mean? So none of these are really that new in terms of innovations. But I guess because or being a Pep, actually an Italian concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Pep popularized a lot of these things because he won. You know, but a lot of these things are not new, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. So you know, and to, to your point, you don't like it. Well. That's the manager, bro. Do you know what I mean? If we win, you're going to like it for sure, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> if we win, you're going to love it. it. Bro, if we, if, if, if we if win, win he's going to love it. So. Yeah, if we win, you're going to love it, bro. So, and, so, and, and, so. And, and, and just to add more philosophy to that, like, well, right, what, what, what is the starting position? Because look at the time we're in, in football. You know, look at Trent. Is Trent a right back? Is he a DM? Yeah. Is he a Cam? It, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, where you actually start and line up on the pitch versus the zones you operate in. Yeah. You know, if you look at a heat map for Jesus, and I know you're saying false nine is a profile yeah. that you don't like. You look at a heat map for Jesus, he's a striker on paper. But, you know, he's not doing much striking during the games. Where yeah. he operates, where he mostly touches the ball and whatnot, it's in that, you know, in the round zone 14 and deeper. So, mm -hmm. you know. I, I, yeah, I feel... um. Yeah, to the point, managers always talk about zones rather than positions on the pitch. Managers really mm -hmm. never focus on positions on the pitch as well. So I think it's more of a fan thing that fans just tend to, to worry. But don't get me wrong, because um, at the JG11 says, thoughts about getting some dynamic fullbacks. I mean, it would be nice because I'll be real. I've criticised Spurs. I'll be honest, I hold my hands up. I do really like Udogi at Spurs. I think he's a very, very good player, a very, very good talent. So I do like some, some, some more varieties, obviously saying... Um, Sometimes Zinni and White are wasted. Uh, to be fair, I saw the other day, I think White still makes more overlapping runs pretty much than most fullbacks in the league uh, in terms of supporting Saka and Erdegaard on that side. So um, in terms of variety, yes, I agree. It would be nice to vary certain things up from time to time. So I'm not against that. Uh, Tayo, T3 Technology says, uh, please discuss Rice versus Party or Rice and Party. I never thought, right. I mean, I think we've discussed that. We've said, you know, uh, we've discussed, you know, Rice's strengths and, you know, areas where he can improve. So I, I, I don't think we need to relitigate that. Um, right. Number one op from Muga. Um, Dysonomics uh, underscore nomics says, who do you want to sell and buy in Jan? Um, I would, you know, for me, if it was me, I don't know how much we can do. I would sell Nelson. I would sell Eddie. I would obviously Cedric and Elneny go without saying, and I would sell Trossard. And I would try and buy like a midfielder, a 6-8, and I would try to buy a winger and a defender. Those would be my three main priorities. I'll try and sign another versatile defender, a midfielder, more of a controller type midfielder, and then a, another devastating winger. Those would be my priorities. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't I don't think um I don't think there's much else outside of that. Um, everyone else I think is worth keeping right now and has a role of interplay or we simply can't afford but like mm -hmm. I would sell him but not this window when we're so short defensively yeah yeah yeah. yeah there might be others I might look into but not immediately not in Jan yeah. I think yeah. the ones I'd say that I'd sell in Jan that we wouldn't miss and we could replace cool I'd have no problems with that um yeah. 
Another Mugger Op, Scripto, says, are we still going with the same reasoning for the title collapse last year? Yes. Or yes. will other players not other players not showing up finally start to get the blame? First thing that Scripto needs to realise is that the two midfielders we're talking about that are played, like last team's team is last year's team is different to this year's team already. So what <laughs> when we're talking about context, it's very, very different. You know, if Saliba didn't get injured in last year's team, that team wins the title. Currently, right now, the two players playing in front of Saliba are very, two very different players from last season. In spite of all that, Saliba's performances have still been very, very much top. Um, have, have there been other players that need to start showing up? Yes, need to perform 100%. I'm looking at Jesus and Martinelli specifically, who I don't think have performed very well this season. They need to rise it, especially the attackers in general. So, no, we're not hiding. No criticism there. There are definitely some other players that need to step up. Ask. I asked Crypto what narrative he's going with for United crashing yeah. out of the UCL. Bottom of the group. Them, 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 them guys are the kings of deflection. Um, okay, Guna Ellis, I don't know if we have time for all of this. He says, if you could take one player from all the Premier League teams, who would you take? Uh, I'm not doing all that, bro. He says, or if it's too long, do do top six. Okay, I can do top six. Uh, Man City, who do I take? Haaland. <laughs> Haaland is pretty, pretty obvious. Uh, Liverpool. Well, Liverpool's an interesting Allison. one. Ah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Give me Alisson. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I was going to say it's hard, but no, it's actually quite easy. Give me Alisson. Uh, Spurs? I think I said Udogi. I quite like Udogi. I think yeah, I'll, I'll, take I'll take Udogi. I like him. Udogi uh, or Madison. Who else, who else are we talking about? United? Brother, I don't know. I do not want anyone from that trash team, bro. That team is ass, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, let, let, let Kobe Maino learn how to play. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kobe will be a good squad player. Bring him, bring him. Forgot about him. Uh, who else is top six? Who have I forgotten? Chelsea's a, a, oh, no, Chelsea. Top oh, six man. team, supposedly. God damn. This, this, this team, bro. God damn. Gonna lie. Mikhailo Murdri. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say with I just knew you were gonna say. That's nasty. I knew you were gonna say with German still. I still got some play, but I think I probably would take um Nkuku. Nkuku, because he's a forward that I think can finish. Oh, actually, Nkuku's a good shout. I'm taking Cole Palmer straight up and down. Man. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Cole Palmer's another good player. I do like I do like Cole Palmer. I would I'll take Nkuku. Do you know what? I'm still gonna even though he is stunk and he's been ass for Chelsea, I'll still take Kaiseido. I'm sorry. Because oh. because of the fact that he could play as an inverted right back, as we saw for Brighton, and he could play centre mid, and it would still not harm my long-term vision of centre Rice and Caicedo, which I still think would blam teams if you could ever get them as a partnership together. So I would take Caicedo is who I would take. Yeah. Um, right, cool. Okay, decent question. Khalil HT three um, with Ben White's apparent injury he's been carrying for a couple of months. Should it not be an opportunity to give? Rule Walters minutes, not because I think he's a world beater, but surely you have to see if he can sink or swim instead of watching White consistently struggle through 80 minutes. I think that is fair. Um, I would, I would, I mean, certainly I think the fact he didn't get any minutes against Lons or PSV, I thought was quite poor personally. I think he deserved minutes there. The league, I can understand maybe Arteta's tetchiness to do it because to German Dan's point, when you're fighting for the league, the margins are a lot finer. So it can be hard to give youngsters those opportunities there. Um, but you're right, you know, Ben White is struggling big time at the moment. And until Tommy, well, Tommy's back, but he's getting Asia Cup this weekend, isn't it? So yeah. um, they're going to have to do something there. They are going to have to do something there. So 
happy for you guys on that one. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, it's an Arteta thing, you know. <laughs> the coach has to find a bit of a better balance because for me, there are some games where you have a cushion and you're trying to tell me even for 10 minutes, you got a 3-0 cushion, a 2-0 cushion, you can't bring a highly rated youngster off the bench to play right back. You know, go on, keep it simple. This is what I want from you. I fail to believe that. I think there are opportunities to get, give some of these players exposure to minutes. And I think we, not we, I think the coach often overlooks these opportunities. And I don't think it's, um, I, I don't agree with it from the perspective of a fan or someone who wants to see players blooded and coming through. Um, I'm looking at Kwanzaa, Gerald Kwanzaa for Liverpool, getting blooded in. And I'm saying, well, he starts with cup, cup games and whatnot, and eventually they have to rely on him. That saves them from having to go into the market when um, Matip got injured. You know what I mean? So why why don't we operate in, in similar ways and just test these players? Test them. Test them. If he's shit, and he's to sell him. Yeah, yeah, I, no? I, I would, I, I would, I, 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 I don't always, I, I don't always agree with the youngsters because not everyone can make it through. But in the case of Raw Waters mm. and especially where we have an area of need, I think that might be something you could, you could give it a go personally. Yeah, he's been training with the first team since last season. Yeah, he's, he's know, been he, the first. There was chances for him to to get appearances this year, which Arteta has like basically given to others. Yeah. And um, you know, he, I think he should, he should have got the opportunity in the Champions League game. Um, because if you're not using Cedric, I think did Cedric play in that game? So Cedric started that game, and then so if you're not using Cedric, because the, the point was that you're trying to get him up to match fitness, yeah. he's not played, he's not been yeah. subbed on even. Yeah, Cedric, Cedric, that's the only appearance Cedric has made. He's he's not he's not come on again since. So yeah, and that's and the point is we're trying to get rid of Cedric in Jan. So yeah, it doesn't it, it, it doesn't make any sense for me personally because you're not planning to use him. You have no so if is. And the only way it's, it's valid is, is if you're saying you're never planning to use raw waters, he's never part of your plans. So if you're saying that, cool, whatever, do you know what I mean? So, um, right, German Dan, you've been called to the stand, chicken noodle soup, Lacasse underscore Stina. He says, why does German Dan enjoy technical players, but backs the lackluster tech of the 65 million Audi cashier we signed from West London Blue? Right, German, this is your floor, mate. It's a good question, to be fair, because people might be confused by it, but I'll tr I try to not be swipe my bias as much um or ideas of what I, I think um you know the best players are as much so i i believe a football team needs to have different profiles you know mm -hmm. different profiles and i see a profile in habits that it's not that you know it's not that common and um i don't know a few people you know chicken noodle soup if you've read um if you've read um the book of um art of war by Sean Tzu, you know it kind of gives you like a different perspective in how there's different ways of winning. You might have to concede some of your actual preferences, your actual sort of, you know, beliefs in order to win at times, because, you know, there's, uh, there's one of the quotes is something about um, you need to try um attack unguarded spots with uh, unexpected routes. You know, I see Havertz as that type of piece, you know, I'm not going to say he's in my top 50 favorite players of all time, I see that he has usability because he does certain things on the football pitch other players don't do, and he does that to a good level. I see how he could fit in. You know, being able to see that or thinking that you can see that doesn't mean he's my favourite player. You know, I just have a different kind of viewpoint to other people. You know, other people are more dismissive of that. It's the same on the Oshiman debate. You know, I'm sure a lot of the a lot of the the, the listeners 
like the idea of him, he's a shooter, comes in, it's going to work. Whereas I have concerns thinking, you know, maybe the technical level is not there, but then I can also see the positives. It's a give and take conversation. So um, with Harvard, I just see more positives than other people do. Whether I'm right or wrong remains to be seen. Um, but, you know, that's that's really about it. And yes, my favourite players are technical players. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, great stuff. Uh, right. There's like five more we'll do and then we'll call it a day. Um, just underscore MK2247. Um, this is a, a regular debate in the Touchy Gunas group chat. Is huh. Arteta sabotaging himself by not giving ESR enough game time in that eight role? given the alternatives. Um, I reckon him and Odegaard could easily interchange. So obviously a lot of us are big fans of ESR and the Touch of Gunas group. We'd like to see him give him more opportunities. Um, obviously, we do one countenance the fact that ESR has missed a lot of game time and that's down to nobody but him. So, but obviously now he is fit again. Fulham, he was an unused sub at, you know, the other day. Uh, didn't even get off the bench. So a lot of us are thinking, you know, because me personally, I see a lot of stuff Trossard does and I'm like, well, ESR can do that. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, I, I think especially, and, and someone also asked the follow-up, which was kind of like, why is ESR not a wide option anymore? Uh, especially when Trossard is trusted to do both and is doing neither really that well. So I think it's a fair fair question, right? I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk too much about ESR um, um, centrally, but the wide option, the point about him being a wide option, I think is, you know, is is very fair, very valid. Right and left. I think even under um, 21s in the summer, we saw him playing games off the right. He looked competent. What I like about um, ESR, what I've always liked about him is I think his movement is fluid and dynamic, you know, and uh, um, yeah, I don't think that... Um, I just feel I, I like his appreciation of space. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think he can play centrally, definitely, but to great effect for Arsenal but as a wide option I think he was doing very well and had a successful season for us you know that uh, uh, not last season the season before so the fact that we look at Trossard and we're all asking the same questions yeah technical ability technical quality is one thing but you know Trossard's not applying himself in any kind of real meaningful way and some of his recent performances have stunk and I'm sure Trossard will admit that himself so is this much worse than what we could get from from ESR I don't think so. I think he's a strong runner, dynamic movement, um, looks to link and combine. And, you know, some of just the way that he approaches the game would probably benefit some of the other players around him, especially a Havertz. I think a Havertz and, uh, you know, a, 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 yeah, they're both low-touch players, but um, the pass appreciation, the give and go, I think ESR could work really well with Havertz playing in the left eight. So I, I don't understand why it hasn't even been attempted, but... Um, it goes to the comments that we've already made about Arteta and his utilization of some players, over-reliance on some players and just the under-reliance or under-usage of other players. And ESR might have injury reasons, but if he's listed on the bench, for me, he can play. So I don't, yeah, I don't I think, understand why he's not being brought off more often. I think I agree with some of these points. I think ESR, you know, I, I think I've seen a lot of occasions where how Havertz does the underlap and Martin Lee just doesn't play it. So I think ESR is probably more likely to play it the only problem with the ESR chat is that we actually don't know his fitness levels. Um, and we don't know what goes into the consideration for someone to be ready to be, to play in the, in the coaching staff's opinion, right? So, you know, he's he came on the other day. He looked he looked decent. Um, didn't get involved too much, but there was a couple of decent, decent actions. He was sort of um, proactive, trying to shoot, and took a couple of good touches. 
but I don't we don't actually know how fit he is to play. So we 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 all want him to play, but we don't know if he's actually ready to to play. So um I think if he's on the bench, I would like to see him every time he's on the bench. I think he's a better player than Trussard. He should be coming on before Trussard. But again, I don't know his fitness levels. So that's for me the main question. We don't have information on that. Um, and when he was slightly, when when Atat started picking positively about him, saying, yeah, he's looking good in training, he's coming back, he got injured, then the injury wasn't as bad as feared. Apparently, he, he was very good in this in his recovery from this injury. Apparently, he like did a lot of work to get back much earlier than they expected. So he's way ahead of schedule with that. And, um, you know, let's see if we, we'll get to see more of him. If he stays fit and is not getting games in the next couple of weeks and he's on the bench, then we can start to really question it. But before that, I don't think we have a basis because he has missed games again this season for injury. Yeah. Um, let's finish off. We've got two more. So we'll do two more and then we'll call it a, a day. Um, Tommy Ajayi, one big him up, always ask questions. Who out of the academy graduates who have left the club in the past five years would you take back right now? Me personally, I would bring back Joe Willock and Eunice Musa. Real one is going to celebrate this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Real one is going to celebrate this one. <laughs> CEO of the Joe Willock fan club. Yes. Um, I would probably bring back, I think I'd bring back Benacer. I think I was, I was, it's, it's, you know what? The time's expired on that one, but I would have if if it was within the time frame, because five years takes us back to 2019. He had left Arsenal before then. Oh, okay. But otherwise, I would have said that that would have been an option for me because I was always I was always a fan of him. And that summer, where we had the option to exercise a 10 million buyback, we decided to loan Pasta Danny Ceballos instead. So, and we all know how that turned out. So yeah, um, so yeah, I would have gone for Benacer. Not really. Is anyone else like? There been any Musa is a good shout. Musa, I do like, I've always liked. I like him, he's not been that good at Milan, though. Yeah, okay, not been that good, just to be honest. Yeah, um, uh, Bal 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 Balogun's the only other one. Oh, from yeah, me. my boy, I would bring him back. Yeah. Oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I would. The whole yeah. time you've been speaking, I had to think about it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Balogun, I would, I've, I've always said I would have sold Eddie for Balogun, but that's Same. just me because I think. Balogun is one of those ones who has the ability to shoot with very little backlifts and shoot from nowhere. And for me, I still think he's a potential superstar. Um, I know he's not been set in the world alight at Monaco. Um, he has a few goals. Yeah, but I still think he's very, very talented. So, yeah, that would actually have been mine. Um, all right, let's wrap it up with this one. Oh, well, Baitface Nate <laughs> seems to be another one who's lost it as well. He says, what does life after Arteta look like for you? Oh, Big my man, like that. That right. Relax, bro. He says, what manager would you go for? What would our playing philosophy be? Talents come. Big man, we're okay. It's, it's okay. It's not that bad, man. <laughs> uh, literally. it's Oh, we've only lost. We Okay, cool. We've had four league defeats here. And obviously, three of them were in December. So I, I hear it. It's been a bit of a downturn in form. But bro, come on, man. We don't need to be doing all this. We 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 actually don't need to be doing all this. People really just want to. People want to just rip up the whole project, you know. Like legit, that, that's where they are right now. It's okay, man. Like every team has downturns in form. Like and unfortunately, this is where we're at. Um, luckily, we're still in a position where nothing's been thrown away. You know, a lot of things are still very rectifiable. Now, don't get me wrong. From where we are, it would have to take an outrageous winning streak to win the title. You know. Um, but not all is lost at the moment. We're still in the round of 16 Champions League. We've got Liverpool coming up in the FA Cup this weekend. So 
we're still in a decent position. Please, I beg people. 2024 has just started. Jesus is on the throne. We don't need to be throwing our toys at the pram like this yet, man. Do you know what I mean? So be happy, celebrate. Success is around the corner, man. So yeah, yeah. I think, gentlemen, let's leave it there. Um, guys, I really hope you enjoyed this pod to kick off the new year. Yes, please don't be downbeat, man. I know um, we didn't end 2023 in the best possible way, but, you know, hopefully some players to return. Um, you know, Timber shouldn't be, hopefully, you know, not more than a couple months away now. Uh, I think Vieira's coming back. Obviously, Tommy S is going off. Let's see if we do any business in jam. Do any business in jam. Um, we, we might start doing some scouting pieces on, on players we're linked to um, for on the Patreon side. So, again, feel free to join us on that side. And um, But I'm sure we'll be back with a post-match after Liverpool in the FA Cup this weekend. So, Shabs, German, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me. Um, guys, we'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. Podcast Network.